0: Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of current and classic horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews and discussions may include spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. The island is a totally different beast this time of year. What's going on down at West Beach? Well, I've got a bit of a fish problem. My oh, strange activity lately, you about all them dead fish? about Andy Gould's catch a few weeks back? Dead fish? Birds. Something's wrong. Something with the island. You know it, I know it. I just... I wanna get to the bottom of it. You gotta get him away from there. Pretty soon someone's gonna end up hurt. Emily, Listen to me! It's only gonna get worse! <laughs> Everybody's gonna end up dead! Oh, you hear me? Eric! Get me out of here! Get me out here! No, out no, 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 no. <laughs> it's rare I go into movies blind these days. I'd love to go in knowing absolutely nothing about a movie, but the reality of being online, and especially on Twitter, is that it's inevitable I know a good deal about a movie before I sit down to actually watch it. And this is exactly why my viewing of the Block Island sound was so exceptional, because it was the rare instance when I had no idea just what the hell I was in for before pressing play. This is a film that was never on my radar, and from afar you'd have no idea what it was about other than it being supernatural horror. Now, I will do my best to avoid delving into spoilers too much as half of the experience is being caught off guard by the truly wild direction the film takes. Instead, I'll focus on the film's fantastic Lovecraftian influences and Lynchian-like foreboding atmosphere. Written and directed by the McManus brothers, Kevin and Matthew, The Block Island Sound, currently streaming on Netflix, follows Harry, played by Chris Sheffield, and his fractured family as they attempt to identify the mysterious force off the coast that is influencing the people and animals of Block Island. Harry lives on the island with his father, Tom. Tom has been sleepwalking more and more frequently, and worse, taking his boat out at night and awaking in the morning with no recollection of how he got there. But when the sleepwalking escalates into increasingly worrisome behavior, Harry and his sister Audrey, played by Michaela McManus, realize that this isn't simply a sign of old age, but something much more serious, or perhaps nefarious. And then, dead fish begin washing up on the beach by the tons. Within the discussion of horror, there's often a bit of pushback when labeling films as slow burn. Some feel that the payoff rarely makes the wait in getting there worth it. And while I don't personally feel that way a majority of the time, I will say this. The Block Island sound feels made for those who often find fault with slow burn horror. What makes the film so damn engaging throughout as Harry attempts to uncover just what the hell is happening to his father and the island he calls home is the film's persistent sense of dread. The McManuses achieve this through several effective means. For starters, at the core of the film is the family drama conflict. Harry's relationship with his sisters, who both left the island, is especially strained which makes every interaction between them uncomfortable. Harry is the black sheep, perceived as the kid brother who stayed behind with dad and never amounts to his true potential. In essence, he's lost, and is known for his tendency to fly off the rails at a moment's notice as a way of coping with situations he's left powerless within. So when his sisters arrive to attend a funeral, there's constant unease amongst the trio of siblings as they grapple with their strange new reality. What are their next steps in life? Are people on the island behaving strangely as a result of coping with loss? Or alcoholism? Mental illness, perhaps? Or something else entirely? Then there's the way in which the sea plays a role within the course of the increasingly strange events occurring. And now for a brief intermission. If you've been enjoying this episode of Daily Horror Habit, please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your preferred streaming platform, or leave us a review on iTunes. And thank you for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy the remainder of today's horrifying episode. Harry begins to hear a persistent, otherworldly growling when out on the water or whenever he's near a transmitter like a radio. He can't explain it, but it feels threatening, as if something otherworldly is trying to communicate. He is drawn to it, as it is drawn to him. Just because we don't see this force, doesn't mean its presence isn't felt. Like a puppet master, if you will, stringing people along to obeying its increasingly bizarre will. This sense that something is wrong, but never being able to quite put your finger on it, is what really drives the mystery and unease of the film. Is there serious cause for alarm, is something actually going on, or is Harry spinning his own narrative in an attempt to once again grapple with grief? I can't understate just how masterful the McManus Brothers blending of atmosphere, drama and dread into a narrative that never slows as it is ever evolving. Much like in films such as The Beach House, their capturing life by the water to seem as if it's located on another planet rather than just off the coast evokes a keen sense of isolation. You can't run, and you can't hide from what's coming. And no one learns this the hard way quite like Harry. After encountering something at the bottom of the ocean floor, he suddenly wakes back on his boat with no memory of what he saw or how he returned to the surface. The film's scares, and I hesitate to really label them as such, are facilitated through Harry's hallucinations that he has periodically. He sees his father Tom beckoning to him in a growling voice, saying strange things to him, that feel like orders rather than questions. Harry then begins suffering from the same trance, sleepwalking spells that his father suffered from, and they're only getting worse. In one scene, Harry leaves a funeral to get party platters for the reception, and he falls into a trance that results in him aimlessly filling his shopping cart with armfuls of food. He's indiscriminately ripping from the shelves. There's something particularly disturbing about moments like this, in that his actions seem like that of someone's deteriorating mental state. And this is part of what makes the Block Island sound a rather somber film, in that its depiction of people's increasingly strange behaviors could be mistaken for Alzheimer's or similar cognitive illnesses. Of course, this is a horror film after all, so there is something out there behind it all, but this rather grounded, but still very disturbing portrayal is effective in spite of that. It's seeing loved ones break down, behave differently, or misconstruing destructive behavior as a spiral when they are actually other forces at work. And while there is no big monster moment tied to those forces at work, which, if you were expecting a monster movie, this is very much not that, rather, the film ends on a shockingly beautiful monologue that ties the film together in a way that shows no single part of its narrative was for naught everything, every event, every strange occurrence or behavior, everything was serving the Block Island Sound's larger metaphor. In retrospect, this was a very vague review that probably hasn't done justice to just how gripping the Block Island Sound really is. To speak in specifics would dispel much of the mystery and magic of the film. Not knowing specifics allowed me to begin to formulate my own narratives with the facts that were given, and in the end, the source of the mystery caught me completely by surprise in a way that films rarely do. And that was a rare treat. So, if you're looking for one hell of an affecting horror film that's unique in its own right, I highly recommend checking out The Block Island Sound while it's streaming on Netflix. So that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service, and follow the show on Instagram at Daily horror Habit and on Twitter at Daily horror Pod for episode updates. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.